from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for, um, what is today? Thursday, the 14th high day of 2019. Danny Flecker joins us to talk NFL free agency. Did anybody bring in pie to your office today? Did anyone bring in pie to your office for pie day? Oh, no, unfortunately not. What's wrong with your office? I don't think they're smart enough to figure it out. Get with the program. All right, um, we've got to start here, and I'm just going to let you go. You're a Giant fan. Um, Odell gets traded. Your thoughts? Just utter shock and disbelief. I saw the news come through and was thinking to myself, you know, part of me felt deep down that maybe it was going to happen this year, you know, kept hearing rumors, everybody's saying that the Giants are listening, but they'd have to be blown away by an offer. Uh, The Browns seemed really persistent on getting him, and at the end of the day, the Giants took an offer that they thought they couldn't refuse, and that was a first-round pick number 17, a third-round pick, and Jabril Peppers, and it's disappointing. It's laughable. It's uh, any negative term that you want to use from a fan perspective because you lose a player that's a -a once-in-a-generational type guy who is emotional, cares, wants to win, you know, was beloved by his teammates, by all reports, and really gave you something that no other team really had and it's a shame that the Giants have come to this uh, and I, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm lost at, at what it is that they're going to do next. You've tried to like outline a plan in your head as a fan as you know things you want to do and obviously as a fan your, your ideas are grandiose and you hope that they're able to do stuff and I thought I thought you know, when they made that trade for Zietler to unload Vernon, that that was a great move for them, and they were going to pick up some offensive line help, and, and they shed a terrible contract, and then they could maybe go after some bargain pieces and free agency to, to help fill out that defense, and then focus on on the draft and get some good pieces, and you know, you're rebuilding, but in a sense, you know, you're still being competitive, and they made a quick turn and basically went the other way and they dumped one of the best players in the NFL for chump change. I think that you could have gotten more if you were them if you're going to look to trade him. So I, I'm i upset. It sucks. I don't know what this team is going to do. I don't know what their plan is. And I look back at this team and the decisions they made the last couple of years and I, I think it all goes back to the firing of Tom Coughlin, quote unquote, and not cleaning house as you know what as Mary should have done then. I think that was a huge mistake, and I said it back then. I'll say it now. You know, if you're going to get rid of Tom Coughlin, you get rid of everybody. You should have gotten rid of everybody on that staff and the general manager, and you let the general manager stay around for the two years. Promoted McAdoo, they will get a playoff season out of them by spending big in free agency and in everything that happened that year basically fell apart the following year. Uh, bad contracts, the mishandling of Eli, 
the frustration, you know, of players in that locker room and then, then, you know, the hiring of Gettleman who seems to be stuck in 1965. So it, it's a shame. I don't know what they're doing as a franchise and I, I wish I knew, but, you know, they go out today and they sign Golden Tate for whatever reason. So, you know, it, it's a great move for Cleveland, uh, a terrible move for the Giants and... You know, as a fan, I'm going to have to sit here for the next couple of years and, and hope they, have, they figure it out. What? Uh, here's the thing that I don't get. This trade made sense a year ago. If you are going to totally rebuild, trade Beckham, draft Barkley or a quarterback or do something and just totally break this down. Get Eli out of there and just totally break this down. Instead... They're basically hoping that Eli, Saquon, and nice receivers but not great receivers will somehow get them better than Dallas with Dak, Zeke, and, um, and, and Cooper. Get them better than Philly, who now solely has Carson Wentz and just re- um, uh, 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 sorry, reacquired uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson. I, I just don't, and, and trust your defense, who loses Landon Collins and then gains somebody uh, to replace him, but you give up a big piece in Collins. I, I guess that's what they're hoping for. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. This trade just makes no sense to me. It, it, it doesn't, because you're right. They, they've done things too late, and the handling of Eli back when McAdoo was the coach, I think, was sort of the domino that, that created all of this. And you, you the Giants, you, you pass on a quarterback in the, you know, the second pick to take Barkley. That's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. But now every subsequent move after that needs to mimic the plan that you're taking. And even... If they would have held on to Beckham this year and they could have drafted the quarterback to learn behind Eli this year, add some nice pieces, build through the draft, you know, 2020 would not have been a lost year. It would have been a year where you could compete because you would have skilled players in their prime, a young quarterback and a rookie deal, good cap space, and there you are. You're right back in the thick of things. And now you're looking at this year being lost, next year being lost, and no quarterback that's going to replace Eli still. So the moves that Gettleman has made have turned out to be just disastrous. He's done this with players in the past. You saw how Steve Smith ended in Carolina. You saw how Josh Norman ended in Carolina. He got to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton and that pitch, you know, mishmash group of wide receivers. But they had a young quarterback, athletic and dynamic. They had an athletic defense. And... They just caught lightning in a bottle and they were able to get there. But to be honest with you, they have set themselves back, I think, three or four years. And, and a lot of that, you know, I, I love Eli Manning and what he's done for that franchise. And as a fan, his time was up a long time ago. And not being aggressive enough and identifying that really put them in a spot where you have to draft Barkley number two because you want to try to keep his career alive. You have to make these moves because you're just like, now what? And... It's unfortunate. It stinks. You know, as a, as a fan, I feel like I've been robbed of Beckham the last three years. You know, he got hurt, missed all the year. He missed a lot of last year, and now he's gone. And 
on top of that, the most frustrating part is you're paying him to play for another team to win games. Dead money. Why do you give him the extension? You have $60 million on your cap, and you're paying Eli $23 million. You have $40 million of waste on a team that, I get it, you're not going anywhere, but if you kept Beckham, paid him that money, okay, maybe you still only win five or six games this year and you position yourself for a, a top pick. But your future looks a lot brighter. Your future looks more concrete and... You can build around the pieces that you've established. I think a lot of this has to do, though, too. You know, I read an article yesterday in, on SNY.com. You know, I think a lot of that has to do with what Antonio Brown did this year, that he was pissed, he didn't like his quarterback, he was complaining and very vocal about it. And the, the thought within the organization was, if another year of shitty football Oh, Beckham would have gone off the rails and they would have been forced to trade him anyway. Well, you know what? Take a look in the mirror and figure out why he would want to do that. And on top of that, you know, I, I just... There comes a point in time as an organization when you sign these players, you either have to build them up and mentor them, or you're literally just in the, in the business of shuffling assets through every single year. They failed him as a player and as a person. They failed their fan base. And, you know, they failed their their franchise for the next couple of years so you can tell me all the good things that can potentially come out of this trade and I'm sure someday you know five years I'll look back and, and say okay maybe it was worth it but in the meantime you have gone from a respectable franchise to a laughing stock to the butt of jokes and you are riding a 38 year old quarterback and hoping that he, he does something well for you and, and it's just uh, you know, a terrible way of thinking. It's just, it's, it's disappointing. And, and I, I hate that I'm a fan of, of an organization that was able to make me feel this way. But you know what? I'm not the only one. And I know that in the future, other fans will feel that way about their teams. But it sucks. It just sucks. We're talking with Danny Fleck on teeing it up. And I'll just give people just, just a behind-the-curtain view of this, just in this sense. Uh, Danny is as big a football fan as as you, as you can imagine, especially the X's and O's side, he did not want to talk this week um, <laughs> when this first went down. And I think that speaks volumes for you about how you felt. This was a shock as, as many Giants fans who I talked to or tried to talk to did not want to talk. They just were in just complete shock and disgust and um, did not want to get there. So I, I feel your pain, brother. I, I feel your pain. Um we're going to use the... the oh, 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 sorry, go ahead. It's just one of those things. You have levels of this organization that are old. I'll just put it that way. I don't mean to come off as a young millennial, but you think about it. The, in the, the organizations that are thriving now are young. They're innovative. They accept the, the lifestyle and the social media presence and everything like that. And this organization has an old owner, an old GM, and an old quarterback, and you have young talent that may not relate to them. So, you know, it, it, they had a chance to really do something innovative a couple of years ago and hire guys that could have been young and in the forefront and maybe endure some, a couple of painful years. But, you know, I'm not relating this to the presidential campaigns, anything else like that, but nostalgia is a dangerous 
pill to swallow. And that's what the Giants are doing. They went back with what is comfortable, what is what quote unquote has worked, what you know they they feel is the giant way. And you know what? You're swallowing that pill right now, and it doesn't taste good. So nostalgia is a tough pill, and it sucks. You know, it just sucks. All right. So speaking of nostalgia, and in the in the uh, rest of the, of the of of our chat in these next eight minutes or so, we're just going to go through everything. So number one, the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell, and the Jets haven't had a dynamite running back in this sense since the Thomas Jones days, if you want to go back to the Mark Sanchez playoff years. I love the signing. I love the contract. Your thoughts on, on, on the Jets signing Bell? Yeah, I, I don't mind the moves the Jets made. They picked up great players. They just have a lot of money tied up with them in the next couple of years. Yes, and they, they do. do that because they have Sam Darnold on a cheap contract. So, they started with $116 million in cap space. Sorry to interrupt, but, 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 but just $116 million was their starting number cap-wise. You know, they got Mosley, a big cap hit, but he's a good player. He's going to galvanize that defense. They got Crowder, who I think is going to be probably their best signing out of the group. I agree. Uh, they got, um, you know, Bell, and uh, I feel like they, they signed some other pieces, too. I can't just think off the top of my head, but... Now they have to build through the draft because these assets that they have right now, when Darnold's ready to re-up, aren't going to be on this team. So you have a window here of you know three to four years where you can monetize these assets from a value, from a standpoint of value and win, and you have to do it quick. So you hope that Adam Gates can take advantage of it, which we'll wait and see if he can, and that they still have something left in the tank. But Bell. You and I have talked about him in the past. I think that he did himself with this service sitting out. I don't think he got as much as he, as he wanted. Some of his antics that he's done in the past, I don't know if he's going to be able to, to get away with here in New York. And with that media coverage that he's going to be having, he's going to be looked at to help them win games, and he's got to do it quick. But it's, the Jets went after pieces that were at the top of their position at every, you know, uh, with all their signings. Just have to hope that they're going to be able to produce the value that, that they saw in them, and, and only time will tell. Football is a fickle sport in that sense, but I think all the players they signed were great. Are great players. The and signing money wise might have been a little bit exorbitant, but we'll see what, what happens in September. And and don't forget about the trade for Osamile, the guard um, who shores up. I thought that was yeah, I thought that was probably one of their best moves. To yeah. Be honest, they needed a, a top end lineman. Speaking of Oakland, the um, Antonio Brown trade. I mean, that to me is a steal. Just a third and a fifth. That's an absolute steal. Yeah, it's again a similar situation as everything else. You're getting a player. You're hoping that the value of that player plays out. He's only signed for three more years. You hope that the next two, three years, he gives you that stability. Stay healthy, can can produce, and it, it's hard when he's going from a quarterback in a system in Pittsburgh that he's played in for years to a new system and a new quarterback. So it, there's a lot on his shoulders. He's got to be able to handle the pressure. He's going to be dealing with the move next year. It's a lot different than what what he was dealing with in Pittsburgh. But if they can utilize him the right way, they should be able to get value for that if does it make them a playoff team I, I don't think so um 
we shall see how well they all get along and see how fast Derek Carr and Brown get chemistry. All right, let's run through some of these lightning round uh, style. The Case Keenum trade um, to Washington because Denver now has Joe Flacco. Uh, I think it was a stupid trade for both teams, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> Elway came out today and said that Flacco's still in his prime. I don't know what he's been watching. What? But did he really say that? Yeah, he did. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Flacco goes to a system uh, that should be run oriented, and we'll see what happens there. Case Keenum is Case Keenum. I don't think there's any difference between him, Colt McCoy, or Alex Smith, given what Alex Smith has been through with his injury. Washington's a middle of the pack team, unless they get a nice quarterback, you know, here in the, in the draft, and Haskins falls or whatever, but. Uh, I, I think that trade is the wash for both teams, and I think that they're no better off than they were before the trade. Um, uh, Nick Foles to Jacksonville, and then Jacksonville cuts Blake Bortles. I mean, this was happening for the last month, right? Yeah. We all thought this was going to happen. Um, great signing for Foles. He gets paid big time. But again, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Do I think it was the best fit for him based off of his skill set? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what, what they get. They don't have any wide receivers, right? I, I think their number one wide receiver right now is uh, Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook. Something like uh, that. We'll see. We'll see. They're, they're hoping that a strong defense. Will come, their defense will come back, and then they can get healthy on the offensive line and run the ball, play action, etc. But Foles made out like a bandit for, did, what, 12 games in the last two years? Good for him. Yeah. Um, where are you um, when it comes to what um, some other teams have done in terms of just minor moves? Was there a minor move that, that stuck out to you? For example... Danny Amendola going to Detroit made zero sense to me because I don't think Detroit's close to being the best team in that division. Was there any minor move that you looked at and went, why did this player sign here? Yeah, so I think a couple of the moves Buffalo made, you know, signing Cole Beasley and John Brown, it, to me it was just like, why are you signing two wide receivers that are are not game changers. You needed a vertical threat that was big that could handle Josh Allen, and and they all seem to be you know those moves seem to be the same. Um, I don't understand why they had to sign both of them. They could have gone after Tyrell Williams or or something like that. Uh, so that that move didn't make much sense to me. I, I didn't understand the Washington move to sign Collins with all that money. Um, but then again, you know, they felt the need to, to make that move. I thought some bargain moves that made sense. Uh, Eric Weddle of Los Angeles, great pickup by them. I think he's a yeah. big player, veteran. I love what he presents, you know, and how he plays. And I think he'll help them out tremendously. Baltimore, you know, kind of got ransacked a little bit, you know, on their defense side of the ball. But I thought the Earl Thomas signing was great by them. And I thought the Mark Ingram signing was great by them. Just true business by a team that knows how to operate the cap. So, you know, I like those signings a lot. And I, I kind of like the moves that Green Bay made. You know, they picked up some good pieces. Darius Smith was a guy that I really, really liked. Um, that I was hoping the Giants would go after, and they signed him. Um, 
uh, he was undervalued in Baltimore because they were just so loaded. Uh, I like his pickup. I like uh, Amos for them, the safety. So the, you know, they're, they're loading up on defense. That means they're probably going to go offense heavy in the draft or, or you know maybe a couple of defensive players here and there. But I, I like those moves a lot. And I think a great move, too, uh, was Tyron Matthew to the Chiefs. Uh, a lot of money in there, but they suffered tremendously last year without Barry, and they needed a safety that could be versatile. And Spagnuolo's their defensive coordinator now, and we've seen what he's done with safeties. You know, back to his days of the Giants, you know, when he had, like, Jabril Wilson and, and James Butler, you know, not household names, but they played great, and, and what he got out of Collins in, in New York his second time around. So I thought that was a great pickup for them. You know, he's still only 26 years old. He's got a lot of football left in him, and he can play slot, nickel, uh, safety, free safety, linebacker, he can do everything for you. So that was a great signing by them. I'll say this, um, Latavius Murray to um, New Orleans, I really like that move, change of pace back for Kamara, I, I, I think that's a good signing. The Jets lost their Pro Bowl kicker in Jason Myers and their Pro Bowl returner in Andre Roberts. Apparently, Mike McCagnan did not want to spend the money they were looking for. That is a story to watch. The Jets special teams kept them in games last year at times. Uh, that needs to be improved. I do not know where the, the Jets get a kicker from. Um, Andre Roberts said uh, the, uh, the way the Jets handled his departure was, quote, a little shady, and he questioned why a team would let go of a pro bowler and is glad to play them twice a year with Buffalo. Um, uh, that just made no sense to me, and um, yeah. Uh it's tough for him because he wasn't going to give them value anywhere else. So I can understand that. But for a kicker, the, the Jets can go sign Gostowski if they really want to stick it to somebody. So Well, well won't the um, Patriots just re-sign Gostowski eventually? I mean, they could. But if he's still out there, why wouldn't you make a phone call if you're them? You I, I, they probably have. Um, uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I can see those moves in the long term maybe being moves that the Jets will regret, but Andre Roberts wasn't going to give you anything offensively. Crowder can return some punts, and I'm yep. sure they have some other, you know... Plus Josh heads. Bellamy. That's the, uh, um, 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 Andre Roberts' replacement is Josh Bellamy. Yeah, so, you know, it's hard to spend big in those positions when you're just going to get a singular aspect of the game from them, so I can get that, um, but it's I can understand Andre Roberts, but then again, you're just returning kicks and punts and um, special teams. I think coverage is a bigger deal than like returns, but uh, yeah, he has, you got to do what's best for him too. That's what free agency is, is getting as much money as you can. Yeah. Um, we shall see um, how all this plays out as the season gets um, gets closer and I'll leave you with this. Curtis Martin said of, of Le'Veon Bell, if I had Bell's talent and ability, I probably would have passed Emmett Smith before I retired in career rushing yards. Yeah, and I mean, Bell, I, I think he's going to be interesting, to say the least. And, and, the, and the teams that spend big are always going to be interesting just for a number of different reasons. So, I mean, Cleveland made some big moves this year, and they have a loaded quote-unquote roster, a young QB, and uh, a new head coach. 
I'm interested to see how they're going to look. Uh, you have a, a rookie head coach who has never coached before. You have a second-year QB that has a strong personality. You have two wide receivers that have strong personalities. And you have a, a GM that is proving to have a strong personality as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if things don't go well because for the first time in a, maybe forever, the Browns are expected to win. Yeah. And win national. And some think they're the and best team in, the, in, in, in that division. So what happens when they lose two in a row? What happens if they don't beat the Steelers this year? You know, what happens if they're eight and seven, or you know, seven and five, and they're fighting for the playoffs? No one's been through that before. It's going to be interesting to see how they react to it because they don't really have that veteran guy. I don't think on that team. No. That's been through these types of situations over and over again. And that was Joe Thomas, and he retired. And, and even he never went through like a playoff run or right. anything along those lines. So could they have maybe made trades for a guy like D Ford that is like Vernon and could has been to the playoffs? Maybe. Um, maybe picking up a guy like you know Justin Houston or, or something like that, some veteran that's been in the playoffs and has been fighting for championships. Maybe Eric Weddle would have been a great option for them. You know. Those are the types of guys that maybe they could have gotten this year that really could have put them over the top. But it's going to be interesting. I, I just all that fireworks and, and you know Dorsey came out today and said that he thinks that they have the structure in place to handle this. We'll see. We will honestly see because they've never had this structure in place before and they've never had players like this before and they've never been expected to win before. So it's going to be really interesting. Utterly fascinating. Danny Flecka, thank you as always for coming on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. No problem, man. Have a good night. You got it. And thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.